0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Drunk DM's Demystified Survival Guide. I am your host, Brendan, the Drunk DM, and today we are doing the follow-up to our last Unearthed Arcana video. Last time, we went over the Bard College of Spirits that was recently released, and we alluded to another episode coming up for the new Warlock subclass called the Undead. Super cool subclass and i'm really excited to tell you all all about it been doing some research and and looking things up it's an interesting class there is i would say more work to be done on this class than the bard college of spirits we'll get into that in just a little bit but before we get into all of that fun stuff let me tell you about what i'm drinking just like our last video i have made myself a cocktail this time i've made what's called a Gordon's breakfast. There is another version of this cocktail called a Gordon's cup. I'll tell you the difference in just a second. But what I have in my cup here is two parts gin, three quarters part simple syrup, and then I have three cucumber slices, six lime slices. So essentially it's an entire lime and a half in this cup, and then Two dashes of hot sauce, your choice. If you like it spicier, pick a spicier hot sauce. If if not, pick like a Tabasco or something. And then finally, a dash of Worcestershire sauce, or Worcester, or... Or Chestershire. Well, however you want to say it. Uh, it's one dash of that. So you put all of that in a shaker with ice, shake it all up really nice and good, and then you can just open pour this into a glass. I don't mind having like the cucumber seeds and, and vegetal-ness in this drink particularly. Um some people might. So if you if you don't like all of that, you can strain and then garnish with lime and cucumber. It's really up to your preference. But for me, I just went ahead and dump the entire contents into a glass so let me go ahead and take a sip of this for you oh it's wonderful it's like it's like taking a sip of spring you know it it has all the vegetal notes that you want from the cucumber balanced perfectly with the lime the the worcester sauce is really there to add kind of a savory element to it and and not a whole lot of flavor necessarily but just kind of this overall sense of like a saltiness or like a savory note. And finally, of course, the gin is, is the vessel. You know, you get that vegetal thing with the gin that kind of supports everything else. And it's kind of the glue that holds everything together. That simple syrup is necessary. You might not sip this and think, wow, this is super sweet. But if you don't have that simple syrup in there, you're going to say, this is real sharp. And why did I put it in my mouth? All in all, that's, that's what a Gordon's breakfast is. The Gordon's cup is pretty much the same thing, ratio a little different, and no hot sauce or Worcester sauce in there. Uh, I also like to put some salt and pepper over top of it, just kind of give it a feeling of being a meal. This is kind of the gin answer to a Bloody Mary. If you like Bloody Marys, you're going to love this as the lighter, more refined cousin to the Bloody Mary. You don't have that tomato juice, obviously, but all the other elements are kind of there. That citrusy and savory thing. And the Gordon's breakfast is is the way to go. It's my go-to brunch drink. It's Chelsea's now-go-to brunch drink as well, and we just, we kind of love it. Moving away from the Gordon's breakfast, uh, well, before we do, let me take another sip, because, man, it's good! All right, so the Warlock subclass, the Undead. The Undead is an entity that resides in the dark corners of the multiverse. So this gives a lot of really great role-playing potential, similar to the College of Spirits, I think a lot of these newer Unearthed Arcana and new subclasses that Wizards are putting out recently is is very geared towards a more roleplay heavy style of game. I will say there are some really interesting mechanics with all of this, and we'll get into that right now. So, the Undead gets at first level because if you've ever played a warlock before you know that at first level you have to choose your patron the patron is some bigger being outside yourself that grants you your powers in this instance it would be some undead being so like an ancient vampire or one of my favorites Orcus. He's not necessarily an undead being. He is a demon, a fiend, if you will, but he rules over necromancy. He has a hand in necrotic powers, so he would be a perfect person to grant undead abilities too first off the undead gets an expanded spell list and this is true for any patron you get some specific spells that accentuate the patron that you've chosen this spell list includes at first level bane and false life cool spells second is blindness slash deafness phantasmal force At third level, Speak with Dead, Phantom Steed, Phantom Steed being a really cool spell. If you've ever played Skyrim, if you go through the Vampiric quest line where you get Selena as your companion, don't know what I'm talking about, sorry, skip to whatever timestamp editing Brendan is about to give you. Thanks, Past Brendan. Editing Brendan here. So that timestamp is going to be 7 minutes, 3 seconds. Yeah, if you go through the vampiric quest line, there is a side quest when you go into some other plane. I can't remember the name of it now. You can help some guy find the skull of his lost horse. And then when you go back to the material plane, I, I guess we'll call it the normal plane of existence, you can summon a spectral form of that horse and ride it wherever. And. If you also, if you've played Skyrim, you know, keeping a horse around for a long time is it's not easy to do. So having a spectral horse that you can kind of summon and dismiss as you want is real nice. D and d I found is pretty similar to that. If you have a steed, odds are you're going to abandon it at some point. So phantom steed, pretty cool. Anyway, <laughs> At 4th level, you get the spells Death Ward and Greater Invisibility, both awesome. And at 5th level, you get Anti-Life Shell and one of my favorites, Cloud Kill. I won't go into what all of these spells do, but just know they're all kind of of the necrotic spell school and that sort of vein of magic. Also, at 1st level, you get Form of Dread you manifest an aspect of your patron's dreadful power as a bonus action you transform for one minute so this is similar to like a rage for a barbarian right you use a bonus action and transform you transform a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus goes up to six at higher levels less at lower levels um lowest is two i believe and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest so bear in mind this is not a short rest recovery it's a long rest you have two per day when you first start out and then it gives it gives you some more flavor like i said it it, this is really kind of geared towards a cool role playing type game it says your appearance transforms to reflect some aspect of your patron as a DM, I'd tell you whatever flavor you want for your transformation, like let's talk about it before, and then you can describe it at the table, because I want it to be really cool for you, right? That That is interesting. Kind of backtracking here, let's go over what this transformation gives you. So first, you gain temporary hit points equal to 1d10 plus your warlock level. The very most you're ever going to get in any game is 30, the very least you're going to get is 2, goes without saying, and then... As you level up, chances are you're gonna have more, blah, 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 blah. Then also, once during each of your turns, when you hit a creature with an attack, you can force it to make a wisdom saving throw. And if it fails, the target is frightened of you until the end of your next turn. I am interested as to that um, when you hit a creature with an attack. I may be missing something. I did some research, couldn't find much. When it says with an attack, I do know that there are spell attacks. There are there are spells that say make a spell attack. Now, if this is just for, and this is going to come up again in a little bit. If this is just for if you slash with a sword, it's not going to be as effective as if it's any spell attack that you make. If you can Eldritch Blast somebody as a warlock and make them Uh, make a wisdom saving throw and if they fail they are frightened of you then that is a pretty awesome ability. If it's just if you have to strike them it's not. So let me know what you think. I think it needs to be more specific in the wording here so as not to confuse people or maybe I'm just dumb. That's fully a possibility as well. I could be completely overlooking something I have had about Three quarters of a Gordon's breakfast. So, there is that. I could be overlooking something, but uh, let me know if if you if you have a good good grasp of what that is trying to say. Now, just like the bard, we're not going to go through all of the warlock abilities that you get, like the base class features, along with everything else. I'm just going to go through what the undead subclass gets you. Um, so, moving on to level six, you get grave touched. This basically says that you don't need to eat, drink, or breathe. You can stay underwater for as long as you want with no help. You don't have to eat or drink. If you're playing a survival type campaign, this is perfect. If you have a dungeon master that kind of assumes that you pick up food and had time to sleep and all that stuff as you're going through a game, it's not going to be as helpful. But in addition, when you hit a creature with an attack and roll damage against the creature, you can replace the damage with necrotic damage. And if you're in your form of dread, you can roll an additional damage die. Again, is this only if you're slashing with your dagger or is this a spell attack? In order for this to be a sixth level ability, I am going to assume that it's a spell attack. I also don't see how that would necessarily break the game. Let me know if you disagree, but I just think that the wording should specify in addition when you hit a creature with an attack, including spell attacks and roll damage. Or if it's not including spell attacks, say not including spell attacks. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot of times these things will specify a weapon attack and it's not doing that. So I am going to assume that it means you can use that ability on a spell attack as well. The only reason I say that is because there are spell attacks that do a d12 of damage, and just adding an additional d12 is pretty awesome and maybe overpowered, I don't know. It is it is something to think about uh, moving forward with this subclass, and it might hinder it from becoming a published subclass. So. We'll have to keep an eye out and see. Moving forward at level 10, we have Mortal Husk. Uh, Your connection to undeath and necrotic energy now saturates your body. You have resistance to necrotic damage, and if you're using that form of dread ability, you become immune to necrotic damage. Any damage resistances or immunities are pretty great. If you're fighting someone who you know is dealing necrotic damage, right now my campaign, my party is going up against a Bodak, who's going to be dealing out necrotic damage left and right. Having a undead warlock at 10th level would do them wonders right now as a tank who can just walk right up to them and not take any damage this could be really great in clutch circumstances however not a whole lot of creatures deal necrotic damage so talk to your dm if it's a campaign that's really going to use necrotic damage make sure first of all that you're allowed to use this subclass in it and then second of all try to use the subclass if if there's a lot of necrotic damage dealing monsters in that campaign Just because it will serve you very, very well throughout. So additionally with Mortal Husk. Whenever you are reduced to zero hit points. You can cause your body to explode. Each creature within 30 feet of you takes necrotic damage equal to 2d10 plus your warlock level. Pay attention to this wording. Each creature, each creature within 30 feet of you takes necrotic damage. Damage. So friend, foe, anybody, which is why the wording also says you can cause your body to explode. If you have more allies than enemies around you, odds are you're not going to want to use this. As a warlock, you may not want to be in the front lines. If you find yourself in the front lines and drop to zero, then this ability is golden. However, if you are standing behind your tanks in your party and trying to dodge damage and you're dropped to zero, odds are you're going to have only allies within 30 feet of you. So be careful with this. If you do use this ability and you explode, you then revive with one hit point in your previous space along with your gear, and you gain one level of exhaustion. So if you're about to go down, you can say, nope, I'm gonna regain one hit point, but you may damage your party. So just keep in mind that this is a benefit and a drawback. Then once you revive that way, you can't do so again until you finish 1d4 long rests. With mortal husk, the damage resistance and Immunity to necrotic damage when you're in form of dread perfect. I mean, I I think that's a wonderful thing And I think they were smart to also give you something else on top of that Just because necrotic damage is not as common as some other damages in the game, but that other ab- ability of being able to explode your body and come back—it seems situational and difficult to pull off effectively, especially since you don't have a whole lot of control over where you're going to be when you're when you drop to zero hit points. In addition, they added that other drawback of not being able to use it again for 1d4 long rests. I think that that is a bit harsh. Already, it's going to be difficult to use this ability effectively. And then you're going to make the countdown on it 1d4 days, essentially. I'd rethink that. I think the second part of this ability, Mortal Husk, is going to need some tweaking. Um, but that's what Unearthed Arcana is for. That's why they put it out there so that, you know, they can make changes and tweaks to things. Going forward at 14th level, you get Spirit Projection. This is interesting, this Spirit Projection. And it is sort of like a spell and it definitely needs to be defined a bit more just because there's a lot to left to assumption. Let me kind of, I'm gonna try to read this not verbatim and, and just give you an idea. Essentially, it says that as an action, you can project your spirit from your body and you leave behind your body unconscious and in a state of suspended animation. Your spirit can remain outside your body for up to one hour or until your concentration ends. And then when your projection ends, Uh, Your spirit returns to your body, or you can choose to have your body teleport to where your spirit was. Pretty cool so far. Already very interesting. What is a little difficult to grasp here is what are the stats of your spirit? It seems like it just carries your stats with it, but it doesn't specify, which is a little frustrating to me because as a dm if somebody read this off to me at the table i would say well how many hit points do you have what is your proficiency bonus is it the same or different and the player would not know if it is exactly your character sheet just you have this added benefit of a spirit that's floating around then you need to tell me because I won't know based on how it's written here. That said, some of the benefits that having your spirit outside your body gives you is your spirit and body gain resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. Notice that at the end of that, it does not say from non-magical weapons. So any bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage, you are resistant to. Now, bear in mind, you're also resistant to and sometimes immune to necrotic damage so it's really stacking up also when you cast a spell of conjuration or necromancy the spell doesn't require verbal somatic or material components as long as you don't have a gold cost associated with that spell for like a stealth mission perfect perfect ability to use for that especially since that spirit can get attacked and you just as if right back to your body. Now you have a flying speed equal to your walking speed and you can hover. Wonderful. You can move through creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain. but you do take 1d10 force damage if you end your turn inside a creature or an object which shouldn't be too difficult. While you are using your form of dread once during each of your turns when you deal necrotic damage you regain hit points equal to half the amount of damage dealt. Now that is really cool. Um, Once you finish using this you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. Now usually with these capstone subclass abilities it's a bit disappointing or not as cool as you would hope them to be. Spirit projection is. However there is so much here left to interpretation. I think they either need to, one, simplify the spirit projection, or two, explain in much more detail. Because there's so much left for interpretation. When you regain hit points equal to half the necrotic damage you deal, is that just to your spirit or to your spirit and body? You know, things like this need to be defined. If they link the hit points to the spirit and the body somehow, as in if you lose hit points in one in like to one of these forms you lose hit points equal to the other something like that or i don't know but they really need to define this in order to make it even playable unlike the college of spirits that we talked about last episode the undead patron i don't know if i would want it to be played at my table quite yet there would be so many calls that would need to be made on the fly or prior to actually sitting down and playing that it would hinder the process i would say i will also say though that the undead is a perfect patron for a warlock and a lot of these abilities are super super cool but there's one two at least three abilities here that i've mentioned that really need some more definition before They're playable. Wizards of the Coast, the Bard College of Spirits is playable at this time. It may need tweaks, but other than that, it is perfect. The undead, however, need some work. I don't I don't really like to be critical in that kind of way, but I just really I have no other choice but just but to just say you can't play the undead yet at my table there's too much left to interpretation and i don't feel comfortable making the kind of calls that are needing to be made and potentially unbalancing my whole game and making it unfair for the other players who are playing i hate to say that because it's such a cool patron but it does need some work all right i won't harp on it for any longer if you have played this subclass if you are going to be playing the subclass in the future sometime, or if you can define some of these abilities for me and help me understand a little bit better, I would love to know about it, I really would. I say that, I'm really not trying to pitch anything or, or whatever, like, I'm giving you my personal email, so just let me know, person to person, d d player to d d player, what you think, because I really am curious. If you do want to reach out to me in that way, you can always email me at drunkdmpodcast at gmail.com. You can go ahead and look us up on Facebook. It's just The Drunk DM's Demystified Survival Guide, just like everywhere else. And then if you have some free time, you could always pop on over to YouTube and check out Crossed Wires. It's a YouTube channel that me and the wonderful Chelsea put together. Right now, we're playing through Crash Bandicoot. I'm playing through Dunkest. I'm playing through Darkest Dungeon, and we just we just play through, make goofs, have have some laughs. So if that sounds interesting, head on over there. Just look up Crossed Wires Crash Bandicoot playthrough. Odds are you're gonna find it. I do just want to say thank you. Again, right now we're up to over eighty listens, uh, which doesn't seem like a lot for for some podcasts, but to me it mean it means a whole lot that my podcast has been played over eighty times. That's crazy to me. I thought maybe I'd get a couple listens from some close friends, and uh, and that that would have that would have been enough, you know. But really, you guys have uh, have exceeded my expectations. So. I do want to say thank you, and with that, I would like to toast to you, picking up my Gordon's breakfast here and raising it. If you have something on the other side of the screen or on the other side of the airwaves or <laughs> however you're listening to this, I, I hope you are raising it to me as well. And uh, a toast to you. May misfortune always follow you and never catch up. Cheers and happy DMing. I like it a little spicy, so it's pretty hot, and you really get that hotness in the back of your throat. Probably not the best thing to do when you're trying to record your voice. And yet here we are, (whistles) fifth level, you get Anti-Life Shell, Anti-Life, Anti-Life Shell